This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, Episode 18. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. So welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am Brian Hood and I'm with my co-host who is not really with me. He's kind of hundreds of miles away. Christopher Graham, or Chris Graham, as he likes to be known. How are you doing today, Chris? Hi, I'm doing great. I uh, I hired a new assistant. <laughs> what was that? First, <laughs> first of all, it sounded like you were going into a joke voice, and then you immediately you immediately said, "No, I'm done." Just the hey, that was all I needed. Okay, I'm having a good week. I hired a new assistant this week. She seems like she's going to be amazing. Awesome. So, been working a lot of new systems for her to help her get integrated and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Good. Well, we're just going to get straight into it today because we saw someone in the Six Figure Home Studio community, which is our Facebook group. You can just search for that on Facebook if you want to join. Uh, our, in our community, someone was asking about looking for a, an accountant or a CPA, Certified Public Accountant. And he had a bunch of questions related to that. And he seemed to be, to me, at least on the wrong path. And seeing that it's a basically tax season right now, if you're in the US, you're in tax season right now. We should probably do a podcast episode about taxes. It's March 8th right now, as of, as of the time we record this episode. And if you're in America, you have taxes on your mind. Now, if you're not an American and you're in some other country that's not in the USA, you can go ahead and tune out right now. You can go ahead and skip this episode. This is not for you. Uh, this is specifically for Americans. But I think this will be helpful for a lot of you because this is something that you can really screw up. Uh, and you can also end up paying way too much for the services that you should be getting for a relatively affordable amount. So for those of you that are outside the United States that are still listening for some reason, here in the U.S., all taxes are due on April 15th. It's this like major anti-holiday here in the United States. It's the worst day of the year for every entrepreneur in America, tax day. It's true. It's a terrible day. You have to get your taxes in by the 15th or you get in big trouble with the government, with the IRS. And you would think in a functional democracy that you wouldn't have everything due on the same day because then everyone has to slow down and stop working and focus on taxes. And all these people need to be working on taxes for you and for the government. It's completely ridiculous. It is a completely fucked system. And I'm sure every accountant on earth would agree with you, or at least in the U.S. would agree with you because it's like hell for them during the months leading up to April 15th. Yeah. So I'm going to fix our entire government. Here we go. Here's what we're going to do from now on, USA. Go for it, Chris, you libertarian bastard. Your taxes will be due one month after your birthday. Damn. That's a good idea. So we'll have a rolling date. So that way we can minimize the number of people that have to be accountants for a living. We can minimize the number of people working for the IRS. It'll simplify everything. So we're going to roll out this rolling tax thing across the nation. That's the, what we do here at the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. We're going to lobby for this with our dozens of dollars. <laughs> we don't do any of this. This is all lies, by the way, people. Don't listen to anything Chris is saying. Yeah, this is all lies. So until then, we need to talk about taxes that are due on April 15th for you guys that own studios. Yep. Okay, so we're going to do something crazy today. Me and Brian don't have an outline. We're just going to have a conversation about this. Yeah, we have no outline to follow today. I made the executive decision to not do an outline today. And it's because if, as we were discussing points for the outline, we were basically talking through all the stuff that needed to be talked through in a conversation. And anytime we ever talk through something like that, it never gets said on the podcast. So I said, why the hell not just 
talk through the points together here on live on air. We lose the magic. All right, let's talk about the first point of, of today's conversation. And to me, the first point is, why pay taxes? Can't you just hide the money, Chris? Well, here's what I've always said. The last person you want to mess with on this here planet Earth is Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah. Of all the organizations and all the people on Earth, Uncle Sam, not the guy to mess with. Yeah. He's got a lot of reach. He will find you and he will kill you if he has to. Yes. But here's the big deal for me. When it comes to paying your taxes, it can be super easy to get into the mindset of, oh, I can just hide that money. Because if you're getting paid in cash, which when I was first starting out, I was getting paid mostly in cash, it would have been super easy to just pay for everything in cash and never report that income and just pretend like it never touched my existence. And if it doesn't touch your bank account, then the IRS never knows about it, right? But here's the problem. If from day one, you start hiding income from the government through whatever clever means necessary, whatever you think is a clever way to hide money, uh, which there's not any good ways, really you're basically setting yourself up for failure in the future. You're going to fail in one of two ways. The first way you could possibly fail is that you were, you're basically saying, I'm never going to make enough money <laughs> to where it's going to be matter to the government. Because realistically, if you're making 10 grand a year from your studio and you're hiding it all and you have a day job on the side, because you can't live off 10 grand a year from your home studio and you're reporting that day job income, most likely it's safe to say Uncle Sam's probably not going to ever find out and probably never going to come for you. Now, if you get caught trying to hide your 10 grand a year and you said, well, Brian, you said that you'll probably never get caught. Well, that's your fault because we're telling you, you definitely have to pay your taxes. But what my point is with all of this is saying that when you start hiding money, your tiny amount of money, what you're basically saying is I'm never going to make more than this. And that's not the point, or at least that's hopefully not the point, because the more money you make, the more difficult it becomes to hide that money from the government, especially when it becomes more like a full-time income, and especially when you don't have a day job or part-time job on the side. If you have an apartment and you have a car and your car payments and your apartment payments and your bills are a lot of money, and Uncle Sam sees that you have no money to show that you could pay those bills, they're going to audit you. And when they audit you, they're going to find out all of that money you've been hiding. Yep. So you don't want to do that. So that's that's the second way you can fail is if you try to hide money and you get caught and you get audited, you can be in a lot of trouble for that. You can be fined. You can have any wages garnished at future jobs. You can be even in, imprisoned, I believe, Chris. Yeah. So the, the thing to keep in mind here is this is an area where you want to tell the truth. You want to be an honest person here. And we constantly are talking about the value of integrity value of doing the right thing and how there is no such thing as a successful business without this on the podcast. If you've listened to more than one or two episodes, you know, that's something we always talk about. The U S government, you got to keep in mind in the history of the world, there has never been a more powerful, more far reaching, more intense entity ever at this day, at this moment, they're the biggest they've ever been. It's the biggest anyone's ever been. This is not somebody you want angry at you. So with taxes, you got to pay them. But for me, taxes are an emotional issue, not just because I'm kind of a libertarian, but because, full disclosure, my accountant is my mom. Oh, that's sweet. Aww. And if you have a podcast called The Six Figure Home Studio, if it has the word six figure in it, your mom probably shouldn't be your accountant, right? wrong. My mom, <laughs> as it just so happens, is one of the best accountants in my state here in Ohio. I can't tell you how I know that, but it's suffice it to say it's because of who she does taxes for. 
Ooh, she did some big names. She did some big famous names. She's kind of a big deal. She's kind of a big deal. Here's the other caveat. Taxes are due on April 15th. My mom is a CPA. My birthday is April 15th. So you're a tax baby. I'm a tax baby. So every year I got my mom back for my birthday because she would work like 90 jillion hours per week. Was she an accountant when she was pregnant with you? Mm-hmm. That's what she's been her whole life. That must have been an awful time to have a child. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the, the like last gold rush of tax season. It would be like if Santa Claus had a baby with Mrs. Claus on December 25th. Ooh. Not convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the tax thing is a close thing to you because you were basically a tax baby, right? So that's good. Good to know. And that's why you take your taxes seriously. Here is another really good reason to take taxes seriously. And that is the mindset behind paying your taxes. If you do not pay your taxes when you're making five grand a year, it's going to be almost impossible to make yourself pay taxes when you're at 50 grand a year, when you're at a hundred grand a year, when you're at 150, 200 grand a year, because when you make that much money, you're going to owe a lot of money in taxes. I think my tax bill, my last tax bill was in the $40,000 range, something like that. And that was more than I made my first couple of years. So it's like the only reason I was able to pay that is because from the very beginning, my mom was smart enough to tell me, you're never going to get away with, with skipping taxes. You might as well pay it from year one, pay all of it. And just know that if you can make yourself do that and you know that from day one, that money is not yours, you know, 28% or whatever the, the tax bracket you're in is not your money, then it's going to be a lot easier for you as your income starts to go up. And so I've never had to just pay from one year, you know, 5,000 and then the next year, 40,000. It's been an incremental increase so that I've been able to prepare for it over time. Another really good reason for paying your taxes is this. Unless you plan to just rent the rest of your life, rent a home or rent a car the rest of your life, you have to have income on record in order to get loans for things like a home, or if you're not going to buy a car with cash, which you're not going to talk about Dave Ramsey financial peace university here. But if you ever would get a car loan to buy a car, you have to have some sort of income on paper. Uh, and if we just focus on the house thing, well, if you want a home studio that you own, you need to show income so you can afford to buy a home because what's going to happen is if you hide all your income or even part of your income up until the point you buy a home, they're going to say, you know what? You can't afford this, even though, Chris, you can't afford this because you make enough money to afford that house. The government says you don't because on paper, you can't afford the house. Yeah. So y'all young bucks out there, you uh, super young people that are trying to do this for a living, pay your taxes and begin doing it as soon as possible. What you want to be able to show to have credit, credit is someone will, will loan you money to buy a house, to buy a wedding ring, to buy a car, to buy gear. Oh, hell no. That's a gear sled alert right there. <laughs> the way that credit starts, I think one of the most, the best ways credit can start is you want to buy a house. So you'll go into the bank, you'll go into a broker. And the first thing they're going to ask for is your last two years tax returns. They're going to use that to figure out how much you make. And then they're going to take a percentage of that to figure out your debt to income ratio how much money you make each month compared to how much debt you have to pay off each month. And that's how they're going to approve you for a big loan. Yep. That's the way it works everywhere and on basically everything. And it all comes back to, they're going to want to see what you sent the government for your taxes. And before we go any further into this episode, this is something we probably should have said from the very get go. We are not tax professionals. Nope. 
and we are not giving tax advice or legal advice for sure here. So consult your tax professional for all your tax needs. And as we actually move into the taxes portion of this, we talk about why you need to pay taxes. Let's talk about how you actually pay your taxes now, because as an entrepreneur, as a self-employed entrepreneur, it's not necessarily the most straightforward thing possible. There's not a lot out there that's going to help you if you're Actually, there's probably a lot out there if you really search for it, but we're going to add to that pile of stuff out there that's going to help you uh, organize taxes. And Chris and I both, I believe, especially me, we keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about here when it comes to exactly what I do to prepare for taxes, but I'll tell you exactly what I do. But Chris, you're welcome to start. If you want me to go into this, I'll go into this. You go to GoDaddy Bookkeeping and you say, beep boop, ba boop, print. Yeah. And then you send it to your accountant, right? Yeah, but I do this. Here's the thing. You have to keep all your receipts and invoices, all those things organized in the case of an audit. And also your CPA sometimes wants those things so they can compare your records to what you show on paper. Because they sometimes, if they're doing audit protection for you, meaning if you get audited, they're on the hook for it. They're going to want to make sure you're not cheating on your taxes either. So the way I do things is every single week in the mail... And I'm a paper old school guy, and that's only because I can't control who gives me paper and who gives me digital receipts. So at all costs, I try to get paper everything because I can put that into a nice and neat folder. So every single week in the mail comes my bills. Anytime I order something from Amazon, I print out the receipt. Anytime I order something online, I print out the receipt. Anytime I buy something when traveling, I save the receipts for food, for you know anything, any business expense I buy with a paper receipt. I have paper for everything. Now, you could be the person that does this digitally, so you can just take the system I use and use it digitally if you want. But I take paper, and I will pile it up on my desk every single week, and at the end of the week, I then put it into a a folder, which you can't see here. I have it right at my feet, and it's just a folder with maybe five or six different sections in it. It's a big, you know, tax folder is what I call it, and there's different sections in that folder for different things. There's a folder slot for invoices. There's a folder slot for big receipts. So that's full sheets of paper. There's a folder slot for small receipts. So, you know, little sliver of paper from, let's just say a restaurant, you know, and I have a slot for tax documents. And every single week at the end of the week, I just put all of those things into my folder in the appropriate column. And it takes me 30 seconds, whatever time it takes to print it out and put it on the desk. We'll just say five minutes a week to do that another 30 seconds to file it away in my folder. And that's what, eight minutes a week. It doesn't take any time at all for me to organize that. And at the end of the year, all I have to do is give that to my CPA and I'm fucking done. I don't have to do anything else. That's all I do. I sign some papers. Also, I will export things from GoDaddy. Bookkeeping now is what I do. But even before I started using GoDaddy, they would do all that for me. They'd add up all those receipts. They add up all those invoices. They'd add up all those bills and do all of the categorization for me. Uh, But now... You know, they don't even have to do that because GoDaddy Bookkeeping makes it super easy. By the way, we're not sponsored by GoDaddy Bookkeeping, are we, Chris? No. We should probably get a show sponsorship for that. We probably should. It's funny. It's probably like the 25th most popular online accounting software. It's really not popular. At all, but we love it. But we both (laughs) chose it after testing everything out there back before it was owned by GoDaddy. And that's why Chris and I were meant to be on this podcast because we're probably the only two home studios on earth that use GoDaddy Bookkeeping. Other than whoever I've taught to use it, you know. Indeed. So another reason you should pay your taxes and take this seriously, if you go back to one of our previous episodes, Brian, when I say this, remind me which episode it was, we talked about the importance of having bookkeeping software and having a separate bank account for your business. If you haven't heard that episode, we're going to sum it up for you real quick. 
Here's the question. How should you do money from your business? Should you just have it come right into your personal bank account or have separate bank accounts? The answer is super simple. There's only a few things that we can on this podcast say that apply to everyone. And that is have a separate bank account. Yeah, that's episode five and episode six of the podcast, The Business of Running a Home Studio Business. I don't remember which episode was which, but just start with episode five and then wind your way into six because they both go together. Yeah. So this is super important. This isn't just home studios. Every small business ever should have a separate bank account from your personal bank account. It makes things so much easier. And when you do that, you can begin to use accounting software like Wave App or GoDaddy Bookkeeping or Intuit's, uh, what's the Intuit product? QuickBooks or Quicken or something. You get one of those. Yeah, there's all these different pieces of tax software that sync with your bank account. And anytime you make a purchase, it automatically categorizes and syncs with your accounting software and says, I could pull this up and I could tell you how much I spent on taking people out to, to eat for meetings, on how much I spent on advertising, on how much I spent on gear. All of that stuff is automatically tracked in my bookkeeping software and all bookkeeping software does it. One of the really great things about that, there's two components of that. One, if you have a separate bank account, and you're using accounting software to track your taxes, you always know where you're at. You can, at a glance, up to the day and up to the minute, in most cases, glance at your accounting software and know how much you've made that month, how much you've made in the last 30 days, how much you've made in the last 365 days. This is super important stuff because it's a scoreboard. Yep. But you go back to episode five and six of the podcast for more details on the business of running your business. This episode, though, was about taxes. And if you set up the system properly, which is what Chris is basically outlining here, it's, it's a breeze to do taxes. It's a breeze. And one of the benefits of doing it is that it forces you to look at reality. As home studio owners, as music people, as creatives, you're not really forced to confront the reality of reality very often. And the reality of reality is a number when it comes to your business. You should be able to look at a number and, and say, this is how much, it's two numbers. This is how much I made. This is how much I spent. Those are the two important numbers. If you don't know those, you don't know anything about your business. It's the absolute most important thing to know. And if you ever go out of business, it's going to be because you messed up those two numbers. So doing your taxes is an amazing thing because it forces you to confront the reality of how much you made and how much you spent. And that's a good thing. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. 
So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. I actually want to read the post that this person made because we need to talk about actually finding the person to do your taxes because I would never, ever recommend you do taxes yourself unless you are just somehow gifted or have an accounting degree. You shouldn't be doing your own taxes. And that means you're going to hire a professional to do it because they're the ones that are going to know exactly how to maximize all of the numbers so you can pay the least amount of taxes. They're the ones that know uh, exactly what you can and can't write off. They're the ones that are going to know, you know, exactly what you should and shouldn't do when it comes to organizing things and reporting things. And they're the ones that are going to keep you out of trouble. And if you do get into trouble, they're the ones that are going to bail you back out of trouble because if you get into trouble, it's because they messed up and it's on them. Yeah. So here's the question from one of our uh, participants in the Six Figure Home Studio community. He says, Question for you hustlers who are all paying your taxes like good boys and girls. 1-800-ACCOUNTANTS, or 1-800-ACCOUNTANT, I guess is a service, is a probably geared to really old people if that's the if that's the business name. What was their number again? 1-800-ACCOUNTANT. <laughs> yeah. They want $1,490 a year plus $30 per month retainer to select my entity classification, which we talk about in episode five and six of the podcast. Uh, to do the legwork to keep me IRS compliant year round to maximize my deductions and minimize my penalties and then provide bookkeeping software plus a custom compliance calendar and unlimited phone consultation time. This sounds worth it to me so I can focus on working, especially because accounting fees are 100% tax deductible. Am I a sucker for considering hiring them? I want to answer this in the nicest way possible and say that you're not a sucker for considering them but you're a sucker if you work with them. Because in my opinion, here's why. Any CPA you work with on earth, or in America at least, that is worth shit is going to do all those things for you, except maybe the bookkeeping software, which how much is your bookkeeping software per month, Chris? 10 bucks, maybe? 10 bucks, yep. It's less than that $30 a month retainer that this person charges. The retainer alone is $360 per year. You know how much I pay my accountant per year? Less than $600. And they do everything for me. They keep me IRS compliant, whatever that means. They keep me, they do all the entity classification. They basically consider whether I should file as an S Corp this past year or not. And I didn't need to, maybe next year I will. You know, they absolutely maximize my deductions and minimize my penalties. I have actually zero penalties and they provide bookkeeping. They don't do bookkeeping software, but they do any consultation time I need with them because it's my CPA. So if I need to call them and ask them something, I can call them and ask them something. So here's the situation. If you're considering hiring a CPA, do not go with 1-800-ACCOUNTANT, this ancient 80s era sounding accountant firm. Go ask any entrepreneur you know, 
It doesn't even have to be anybody in, in your state necessarily. For the first four years of living in Nashville, my accountant was in Alabama. I would probably recommend being them being in your state yeah. though. And I would too, but I'm just saying, if you're somewhere, you don't know any entrepreneurs, just come to one of us because we can recommend you somebody. Because my CPA, the one I use now, is located in 13 states. But the guy that runs the entire organization is here in Nashville. And that one guy that runs the entire organization is my CPA. And he charges me less than $600 a year to do everything. And he also saved me 10 grand a year in taxes last year because of reclassifying one portion of my income that was misclassified by my last accountant. Well, and let's talk about that. A good accountant is free. Better than that, a good accountant makes you money. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's really, really, really easy to be like, I'm thrifty. I'm scrappy. I'm running my own home business. I do everything myself. Mixing, mastering, tracking, and editing. <laughs> and my taxing. I do it all myself. Why is it going to be Southern, man? I'm from Alabama. Don't make fun of me. That was like all the different accents combined. I don't know. That was more of an Ohio, like Southeastern Ohio. Sure, man. Keep talking. Okay. So anyways, a good accountant makes you money. So if you're making any amount of money, even like 20 grand a year, if you go to a good accountant, they probably are going to say, oh, you know, you filled out your own taxes. Did you enter your office in the home deduction? Yeah. What's that? They're going to milk every single deduction out of you that you didn't even know was possible. Yes. And they're going to take time. So a good accountant is going to take time every tax season to sit down with you and talk through all of your finances to make sure that you're getting the most out of their service. And if they do it right, and it's the good person, they're good at their job, they're going to save you more than you pay this person, just in that one conversation, most likely. Yeah. So this is something I wouldn't recommend. I mean, again, there's very little advice that we can give that is going to apply perfectly to everyone. But I would say in most cases, if you have any degree of success, hiring an accountant is probably an excellent move. Because you never know, you might have a whole mess of deductions that you didn't know you could be taking that you might not have taken for five years. And you sit down with an accountant and they say, oh, well, dude, check it out. You're going to get a refund this year. For what my accountant saved me last year alone, he's paid for himself for the next 16 years. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a no brainer. There's no reason not to hire a CPA. And I, I started to say it, but go ask any entrepreneur in your city, any entrepreneur around you. And say, who does your taxes? Are you happy with them? And start getting recommendations for CPAs and you will find someone, especially if it's a bigger business owner or someone that has any amount of success. Caveat. I'm using that word a lot today. That's fine. There's a lot of caveats when it comes to taxes anyways. Here's some great advice with hiring an accountant. Do not... Hire your mom. <laughs> <laughs> do not do it on April 10th. Don't do it in the first two weeks of April. Oh God. If you are hiring an accountant for the first time and it's April... You done messed up, son. Think about it. Suppose all of your projects were due on the same day each year. Would you be very good at your job two weeks before that deadline? No. You know when I meet with my CPA every year is the end of January. That's impressive. <laughs> That's the best time to do it because he hasn't hit the flood of people coming in yet. Yeah. So yeah, if you're going to hire an accountant and you want to have a good experience, Ask some friends, some people who have businesses, some entrepreneurs, ask who they use. You're going to get a lot of recommendations. Go meet with them, talk to them about your business, but do it immediately yeah. if you've never hired an accountant before. Like usually, like right now we have at least three episodes of this podcast sitting in the vault ready to come out. And then over the next three weeks, this episode, we're recording it March 8th. If we can get Sean to edit this in time, we're going to try to put this out 
by next to this coming Tuesday, which is March thirteenth. Uh, That's my goal, at least. I don't know if it's going to happen, but and it's because we need people to hear this episode before they make mistakes. And when Chris texted me today and was like, "Hey, we should do a podcast episode on taxes," I was like, "Holy shit! How have we not done this yet? How have we not thought of this yet? I have an article about it, but at the same time, not all of our podcast listeners have read all the articles on the blog." Yeah. So let's sum up some points here. One, if your mom's one of the best accountants in your state, good for you. If you don't have an accountant, you should. If you haven't found an accountant, ask some friends who are entrepreneurs. And I would say another thing, and again, we're not tax professionals, but if you've never hired an accountant before and you are ready to take the plunge, you're having some degree of success, do it as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. And don't feel bad about extending your taxes. You can extend your taxes to October 15th. I don't like that move though, and I'm gonna tell you why. And it's because most people are not properly prepared for taxes, meaning they did not save every single month leading up to tax day. And so when they push back taxes, that means they're taking money from 2018 to pay 2017's taxes, but they're paying 2017's taxes in October. Well, that's actually not true. You have to pay them on April 15th, but you don't have to file them to October 15th and you revise what you did on April 15th if you do that. Oh, oh, I never pushed back my taxes. So I thought you just were putting off paying them until October. Nope. You cannot put off paying the most powerful entity on earth. <laughs> well, there you go. That's, that's great to know. Okay. So yeah, you're not going to get out of paying taxes. So if you are even making five grand a year, pay your taxes. I will say if you're making less than five grand a year, uh, hiring a CPA may be a bit difficult for you. I mean, what's the threshold you think, Chris, on hiring a CPA? I would hesitate to even throw out a number. 10% of your yearly income on a CPA is not a move I would... It's not, but here's the thing, is when you're paying taxes, it forces you to confront the reality of how much you made and how much you spent. That's true. That's, that's a healthy thing, and you have to do that to get on the path to success. Yeah. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes. I'm just saying... Oh, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying don't pay your yeah. taxes either. I'm saying to sit down and say, this is how much I made, this is how much I spent, and to have somebody who messes with money all day long look you in the eye and say, dude you need to do X, Y, and Z, or it'd really be helpful if you became an LLC, or it'd be really helpful if you became an S-Corp. To look someone in the eye and give you some real professional advice on this is good because it'll get you pointed in the right direction. There are not many pieces of advice that we can give that will apply 100% of the time to everybody as far as having a successful home studio business. One of those pieces of advice is you have to have some grip on the numbers that you're doing. And those numbers should be up to the day, which means you're using accounting software where you can just pull it up and look at it. And the big thing that I am just so passionate about this, some management accounting, this sort of like babysitting the numbers is one of my favorite things in the world. Like, thanks mom. You know, I guess it's in the genes. And the big thing here with management accounting is that management accounting is a scoreboard. When you can look at your accounting software and you look at how much you've made and you look at how much you've spent and you say, Ooh, I got to make some more sales or I got to try a little bit harder. I've had many months like that for me. (laughs) That's management accounting. Yeah. And it's like a scoreboard. So if you are into football or you're into golf or you're into whatever sport and imagine watching that sport and there's no scoreboard. It's pointless. Better yet, imagine playing that sport and there's no scoreboard and it's, you know, the whistle blows, the game's over and you had no idea how much time was left on the clock and you're not even sure how many points you scored. Who won the game? We don't know. You are not going to be victorious. That's a good way of putting it. You have to be able to look at the clock. You have to be able to look at the scoreboard 
and make strategic decisions based on that scoreboard. So get a separate bank account, get accounting software, and know up to the minute how you're doing. Sync it with all the ways that you accept payment, credit card, PayPal, Stripe, check, cash, whatever. Get that all set up so that you can look at it and say, this is how I'm doing. And then the day of reckoning is April 15th. Yes. <laughs> Be prepared. You take all of that, you print it all out in what's called a profit and loss sheet, aka a P&L. And the P&L has a list of all the different things that you spent and all the different things that you made, profits and losses. You can look at that and any accountant on earth can glance at a one-page document and can get a really, really, really accurate idea of how your business is doing. And probably if the P&L was made properly, which is a piece of cake if you've got accounting software, they can tell you what your taxes are going to be. So that P&L is huge because it forces you to confront reality. So let me sort of deviate for just a minute. In the past, I've talked about a book called Integrity by Dr. Henry Cloud. Yep, the one that'll crush your soul when you read it because you realize you're a piece of shit human being all this time. This is true. One of the things he says that I love and that me and my wife talk about all the time is he says to have integrity, you have to, quote, eat reality for breakfast without getting sick. It's fire, man. It's fire. And doing your taxes is an opportunity to get better at eating reality for breakfast. To only know what your numbers look like for the previous year on April 15th does not a good business owner make. No, not at all. So for me, for years, I have known up to the minute where my business was over the past 30 days, over the past year, over the present year. They also have an app. Yeah. GoDaddy Bookkeeping has an app for your iPhone that pulls all your data into your iPhone and you can look through everything, your expenses for the day or the week or the month or the year. Yeah. Your income for the day, the week, month, year, and your trends for the year. Totally. So check this out. Here's some application for you guys that are trying to build successful home studios, successful businesses. Let's keep going on this sports illustration. Let's say that you are trying to run a mile in four minutes. It's like a really, I was a track guy in high school, loved track. A four minute mile is a dang good mile. What was your fastest mile in? Uh, 4.37. What? Jeez. I liked it. Track was fun. But here's the thing. So when you run a mile, it's four laps around an oval. It's a big black oval. And that oval is a quarter mile long. And when you run a mile, your coach, if he's good or she's good, is there at the finish line. You run your first lap and they yell out your split. 62 seconds, Chris. Then you run your next one. 65 seconds, Chris. Then the next one and so on and so forth. Those splits are absolutely the most important thing to your performance as a miler because you can pace yourself. And it also motivates you to be like, oh, shoot, that last lap was in 59 seconds. I better slow down a little bit. Or, geez, that last lap was in 90 seconds. I'm going to have a lot left in the tank, which means... I might as well stop. <laughs> well, not might as well stop, but you know when to kick. Yeah. You know at the end of the race, should I kick at 300 meters? Should I kick at 400 meters? Etc. So anyways, I'm like, obviously I love track. Yeah, you're, you're getting into some really nerdy kick. I don't know. I just assume kick means when you run fast. Yeah, when you run fast at the very end. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know what your splits are, you have no way to anticipate what your final time will be and you have no way to pace yourself. That's why accounting software is so important and why paying your taxes is so important because it's a split. It helps you to know where you're at, what the reality is, and whether you need to work harder on X, Y, or Z. And one of the things that Brian has mentioned in the past is this 80-20 thing. You know, when Brian switched to just doing mixing services 
and he stopped tracking bands. He did it because he noticed that a humongous portion of his income was coming from mixing and a tiny percent was coming from tracking, but he spent most of his time tracking. That's absolutely true. So this accounting thing, it stinks, but there's a way to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat here. When you go to pay Uncle Sam to be able to look at that and evaluate and strategize for the upcoming year. So your take home from this episode is to get accounting software in a separate bank account so that you can pull out your mobile device, open it up, log into your app and bam, there is all your financial information up to the minute of how you've done. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to have a solid grasp of your numbers. And to do that, there's no reason to not have accounting software. So I think to wrap this episode up, you're not going to get away from paying taxes. If you want to have a studio, you want to have a successful studio, and especially if you want to have a six-figure studio, you got to pay your taxes. So if you're going to pay your taxes, though, don't try to do them yourself and don't hire 1-800-accountant.com. Not .com, it's a damn phone number. Don't hire 1-800-accountant, this ancient 80s bookkeeping company or accounting company. Look for a local CPA who is highly recommended by a business owner and Make sure that you ask them how you should be organizing your stuff because I've always asked every single year, every single time I have my CPA do my numbers, I say, what can I do this coming year to make it easier for you? And every single time, they'll give me one or two little things that I can do to make it a little easier. And that was one of the things why I separate big receipts from little receipts because of the facts that they kind of get tangled up together and nothing's organized in that situation. So little things like that, but make sure you're doing it the way they want you to do it and make sure you're following your, your own state's tax laws because every state's a little different in the U.S. And you'll probably be good to go. I just don't want to see you paying $1,500 a year plus $30 a month, which is basically $1,800 a year plus. That's a lot. That's a lot more than I think you should be paying for this service unless, and I'll, there's a caveat, unless you're a bigger business. If you're just a small home studio owner, even a six-figure home studio owner, I don't think that's what you should be paying. Yeah, here's what I would do in different scenarios. If I were a super small home studio owner and I was making $10,000 on the side, I'd get on Facebook right now and I would say, I own a small home business. Does anyone know a good accountant that can help me do my taxes? I guarantee you're going to get, if you've got- People love to give their opinion on stuff. Yes, people will weigh in and they'll say, oh, my friend Jerry, and they're going to tag him. Yep. That's a great idea. Same thing if you're doing $100,000, same thing if you're doing half a million dollars. So I'd get on Facebook, get recommendations, find someone who's in your network. You probably have a friend from high school who does taxes for a living and that probably lives close to you that you can sit down with, look them in the eye, and they're going to be able to help you figure it out. And the big idea here for, for anyone we haven't convinced yet is the U.S. government's the most powerful entity in the history of the world. Let's pretend that you had to get into the ring and have a boxing match with Mike Tyson in his prime. Would you hire a coach? You're going to get wrecked. I wouldn't even hire a coach. I would just take my beating and go. Where, where are you getting at with this, Chris? You're ruining my illustration. <laughs> <laughs> would you hire a trainer, a coach, someone to at least teach you how to like not get killed? I'd hire a lawyer to write a will for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, if you're getting in the ring with Mike Tyson, you're not going to want to DIY that. You're going to want to take, if, if you've got some heads up on it, you're going to want to like take a, at least a couple boxing classes to learn how to like protect your temples or something. So you're, when you're going up against the U.S. government, mistakes are costly. And a good accountant can keep you from making mistakes. And not only that, they can find opportunities for you to legally avoid taxes with deductions. They can say, oh, you drove 10,000 miles this year to go meet up with bands to promote your services to them every mile. 
is a substantial tax deduction. What is it? Something like 55 cents. So $5,500 in tax write-offs for that 10,000 miles. Yikes. So do that. And one final tip I want to leave you with is do not be afraid to move around from CPA to CPA until you find the right one for you. Don't feel like just because one year you use somebody, you have to use them the next year. Super easy to switch. I've done it before. I went from my CPA in Alabama to a new one in Tennessee when I first moved here. Hated them after the first year. Moved back to my CPA in Alabama and used them for years and years and years until I recently just switched a couple years back to a guy here uh, in Nashville again. And seamless transition. There's nothing you have to get signed off from your old CPA. You just bring your new shit to your new CPA and you're good to go. Yeah. So this is kind of a weird episode in that like there's a lot you can argue about on our other episodes. There's a lot of opinion involved here. When it comes to taxes, not much opinion. It's pay them and get professional help. Let's just have a whisper episode. I'm ready. In today's episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. ASMR, niching down to ASMR businesses only. <laughs> I fucking hate this so much. <laughs> we should keep that in. Whoa.